Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, enjoy this message in our current series, Signs of Life. It is such a great season, uh, what we call our season of generosity at Cape Cod Church, as we kind of walk through this month together, celebrating what God is doing and is going to do. Last weekend, we wrapped up Operation Christmas Child, and you gave 893 boxes to send around the world. Great job, church. So good. We collected 190 hams and turkeys that went out to families. That's pretty good. Thank you, everybody. And all month long, what we've been doing is we've been talking about what it looks like when a church helps people discover a full life with God. We've said that's our mission. That's our passion. In fact, we spent two months in this story project sort of unpacking that and explaining it and exploring it and dreaming about what it could look like on our vision Sunday. And here's what we said. We said we want to be as a church generous. We want to be known for what we give away, not what we get. And we've set some goals around that. We've set a goal to give away a million dollars in three years, and we said the clock started ticking last January. And I'm not going to give numbers quite yet, but we are well on our way. I love seeing generosity unleashed in a congregation and what God can do. And we've been sharing those stories week in and week out. And we've been unveiling these projects uh, a couple of weeks ago in Tanzania, where we're going to build a new church that will act as a center for the community. And last week, we talked about a church that we're going to partner with and build a wellness center, a community center in Costa Rica. And we're inviting you to go on both of these trips. And then today, we have two more partners. So in some ways, we're looking back and celebrating all that we've been able to do. And we're looking forward. We're saying, hey, Look what could be possible when we gather together and do this work and have a heart for what God is doing in our community, or as we've said, across the street and around the world. So before I introduce our next, let me just give this some some concrete terms and what we're inviting you to do, because here's what we've said. We're inviting you to pray, give, and go. Three things. We're inviting you to pray for our partners. And every week we've paused, and we're going to do it today. We're going to do a little different today because we've got a bunch of our community partners with us in the lobby. And at the end of the service, we're going to gather them all together on the stage. And then as a church, we're going to pray for the work that they do in our community. But we're inviting you to pray. Pray for that box that you sent with Operation Christmas Child and the child that it'll go to. You may not know who that child is. You may have gotten the tracking order and you can follow it to a country, but start praying that God would use that gift and the gospel message in that gift to change a life and bless a child. 
Pray for our partners here and the work they're doing on the Cape and our partners around the world and what God is doing through them. What an incredible opportunity we have to use the act of prayer, of saying, God, we believe you are in this. Would you multiply our efforts to make a difference around the world? And then we've invited you to give. This month, uh, we're unveiling $200,000 worth of projects for this year. So that's a major, major commitment on our part. And how that happens is we all give together. We have one fund set up just for this. You could think of it as one fund for the one. And we've talked about the one and our heart for the one who's not here and the one who God loves and he goes after. We call it our missions fund. And we just invite you to give towards that. Your gift may be weekly. In fact, for most of us, we make the greatest impact just by setting aside a month, a week on an envelope or clicking on the button on our online giving. And week by week by week by week, we make a gift that has an impact around the world. Or you can give a one-time gift. And through a one-time gift, you can make an impact that makes a difference in all of these. Let me give you another way that you can give. You can give of yourself because uh, today we do something that we started a couple years ago. Uh, we invite all of our partners in and they're set up in the lobby and we want to invite you to give of your time. So they're here so you can sign up and volunteer with them. And you can go through the lobby. All of our partners are out there. These are partners that you can give your time and volunteer with right here on Cape Cod. It's another way of giving, and we invite you to be a part of it. You're going to get to meet all of our partners at the end of the service. And then finally, we said, hey, you can go. You can literally go around the world. So we're creating opportunities for you to go and serve. Uh, we've got a trip coming up in 2022 to Africa, Tanzania, where you'll get to be a part. You're going to get to go and see the impact your giving is making on the ground. So how awesome is this? You get to pay for a church, and then you get to build it on top of it. It's like a two-for-one opportunity. Um, you're thinking, oh, that's not normally the way it works. In this economy, it is. And that's what generosity looks like. And then we're going to send another team to Costa Rica. So you've got options here. And that team is going to work on construction. We're talking about some other options down there with medical clinics and sending medical teams. In other words, we want you to have a chance to put your generosity into action and to go around the world and to serve our neighbors, whether it's in serving with our partners here on Cape Cod or with our missions partners around the world. These are incredible opportunities. Um, and can I say this? Most of all, I'm grateful to be a part of a church that has a heart for this, who year after year after year for the last five years has just latched onto this and had a passion for giving generously towards others. I mean, honestly, when I look at how your generosity has grown in these last few years, I, it's a miracle. And we love seeing it. And as a pastor, I love just being able to be in the midst of it. Every gift, from the smallest gift to the largest gift. I am so grateful to be a part of a church that believes in giving people life.
spiritual, physical, across the street, around the world. So uh, in a moment, I'm going to introduce to you a, a guest. But before I do that, I'd like to just pray a prayer of gratitude as we follow up Thanksgiving for what God has done through your generosity already. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we, we believe that everything we have is from you and for you. And we want the measure of Cape Cod Church not to be a beautiful building or the performance of a Sunday. Father, we want the measure of your church to be our love for our neighbor across the street and around the world. We want to live generously, Father, and I'm grateful for what you've done in this place and through each of us. And we pray together as a church, Father, that you would enable us to do even more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we have two guests with us today from two of our community partners. And uh, I want to introduce first a partner with Habitat for Humanity. I was having a conversation with my son the other day, and we were talking about our happiest memories. If you've ever sat down and asked somebody, what's your happiest memory? It's actually a difficult question to answer because you start ranking them, and it doesn't, it's like, oh, oh, that was happy then, but was that the happiest? And I started thinking back, and and I realized that one of the happiest moments in my life was when we got our first home. We kind of knew. It's actually the home we live in today. It was 18 years ago. We moved into our first home. I remember it was actually during missions month and we finished a mission service and we packed our house in the afternoon and we moved in. And I remember being so excited to have a home of our own. And the work of Habitat for Humanity is known well around the world for this. And they've been doing great work on Cape Cod. And we've been partners in small ways over the years here and there. But we decided this year was a great year for us to invest and have a particular relationship. So we are partnering with Habitat for Humanity. They're involved in a build here in the Falmouth community. And we're underwriting, uh, as a church, one of their six houses. This cost of this is $50,000. I was so grateful that we were able to be able to step back and to look and to say, as a church, we believe we can do this. Here's another cool thing. They're building these houses. We didn't plan it this way. They are literally my next door neighbors. I think there's six, this, this little development is going in like six houses away from me. So I have a vested interest in making sure it happens well. I'm just saying, so help us out, folks. Um, Genuinely, the work that Habitat is doing, uh, Beth Wade leading much of that effort. And so what we've asked is we've asked Beth to come today, share a little bit about what Habitat for Humanity on Cape Cod is doing, what this project is going to look like. And once again, you get to be a part of it because we are also going to volunteer our time by enlisting volunteers who are able to help and actually build this home for a family in our community. So... Would you help me to welcome Beth Wade from Habitat for Humanity as she comes? Good morning. 
It's delightful to be back here. For several years, I participated in the Thrive Conferences, and the presentations and the fellowship after were truly high points of my life during those years. So thank you so much for having me back here to talk a bit about Habitat for Humanity of Cape Cod. I would be remiss talking about Habitat Cape Cod without setting it within the context of Habitat Cape, excuse me, Habitat International and Millard and Linda Fuller's Christian faith. Some of you already know this, but the idea that would eventually become Habitat for Humanity grew out of the ideals of Konania Farm, a community farm in America's Georgia that was founded by biblical scholar and farmer Clarence Jordan. As Jordan and the Fullers considered how best to meet the needs of some of the sharecropper farmers they met through their work at the farm and who were living in dismal conditions, really uninhabitable shacks, an idea started to germinate. It was a simple yet radical idea. Modest, decent, affordable homes would be built by volunteers working alongside those who needed the homes. The homes would be sold at no profit and with zero interest mortgages. In addition to teaching skills and promoting self-reliance, building homes would also provide an opportunity for relationships to be built up and social, racial, and economic barriers to be torn down. It would also be a way for Christian folk to incarnate their faith. In his book, The Theology of the Hammer, Millard said, our Christian faith, indeed our whole Judeo-Christian tradition, mandates that we more than just talk about faith and sing about love. We must put faith and love into action to make them real, to make them come alive for people. Building homes is a wonderful way to act out our faith and show our love. David Rowe, a former staff person at Habitat International, was once asked by an Indian government official why Habitat homes outshined similar homes newly built by the Indian government. The story goes that David, with a twinkle in his eye, replied, we use love in the mortar joints. Incorporated in 1976, Habitat affiliates work in local communities in all 50 states, and Habitat International works in 70 countries. Habitat for Cape Cod was founded here in 1988 by a group of loving and dedicated volunteers who believed in Habitat for Humanity's ideals. 
To date, we have built 155 affordable homes spanning all 15 Cape Cod towns. In 2002, in 2022, we will complete another 12 homes in Harwich and Falmouth. And we have additional homes in the planning stages in Brewster, Dennis, Wellfleet, and Truro. So, it's so exciting to hear everything you're doing to incarnate your faith here at Cape Cod Church. And for those of you who, like myself, are not particularly keen on flying, I have an opportunity for you six minutes from here. Next Saturday, December 4th, you can get a little bit of a taste. We're hosting wall raisings for six homes on a road newly named Willett Way off Barrows Road. These are the homes that are phase one of our Falmouth development. Habitat wall raisings mark the beginning of our volunteer home buyer construction. If you've never been to one, I highly recommend it. You're going to hear a little bit from Wendy Cullinan, our CEO, and Bob Riley of This Old House fame, our director of construction. It's just really fun and edifying to see everyone coming together to push those walls up. And occasionally, there's a little bit of nail biting, too. I have some flyers with me, and you can also look at habitatcapecod.org for details. When it's completed, the Willett Way neighborhood will contain three two-bedroom and seven three-bedroom deed-restricted affordable homes. This means that the homes, should they be resold in the future, will be done so at an affordable rate. For now, these homes will be purchased by 10 families who give you a, 10 families who successfully passed our rigorous application process and then were chosen by lottery to participate. To give you a sense of the need and desire for a Habitat home, I should mention that for phase one's six homes, we had 68 applications. Our homes, Pastor Ben and Tom know some of the details, but they did ask me to touch just a moment on a little bit about the sponsorship and how it impacts our finances and volunteering. Our homes are priced affordably for, for individuals, families that are at 60 to 65% of area median income. So our homes, priced at around $150,000 for the two-bedroom and $168,000 for the three-bedroom. As you can imagine, that does not cover the cost of developing and constructing the homes. So sponsorships become a critical foundation in financing the home's construction. At $50,000 per home, sponsorships help us secure other funds 
from grant challenges and the like. For early projects costs, we received funding through CPC funds through the town of Falmouth. We received a grant from the Willette Foundation, and we will raise money through community fundraising and events like our annual Ride for Homes. And a significant portion of funding comes from our two habitat restores. So every time you donate to the ReStore or purchase from the ReStore, you are supporting the building of a neighbor's home. I'm nearing the end of my time, so let me add just a few things about volunteering, as most home sponsors also want to volunteer. It's probably obvious that we welcome construction help at every skill level. But we also welcome other volunteers. We will find something to do for you. Or more appropriately, I guess, to say is Tara Cronin, who coordinates volunteers, will find something for you to do. So please speak to me about those opportunities at the table afterwards. No matter what task you come to, every Habitat volunteer contributes in one way or another to the end result, a home and an opportunity for a family to thrive as the result of stable housing. So whether you're a Mary or a Martha, or a Peter or Paul, we'll give you something to do. Let me leave you with this. I've only been working with Habitat since, excuse me, since 2018, very meaningful years from then until now. I haven't had an opportunity to meet all of the homeowners. And so this is actually a very nice little benefit as it allows me moments like I had the other day. An unexpected, unsolicited glimpse into how Habitat has an imp impacted a family's life. I had a medical appointment and at the end of it, I said, yes, all right, I'll get my flu shot. So the nurse came in to administer the injection, and you know, you're making chit-chat at those moments. And it came up that I worked for Habitat. And before I could say anything else, she, she went like this, I'm in a Habitat home. And she was so proud to tell me a bit about how she had helped to build the home herself and how it had impacted and changed her family's life. But actually what struck me the most in knowing I was getting ready to come here today was what she said about our volunteers. She said something like this, I've never seen such pure-hearted people. Rainy days, snowing day, snowy days, they always showed up. And they really, genuinely loved me and my family. Habitat is as much about the heart as it is housing. Remember David Rowe's quip to the Indian government official? 
Well, right here on Cape Cod, we may not be building concrete homes with cement mortar, but we are nailing every nail with love. Thank you so much for partnering, and we look forward to seeing you on the job site. Right here. Right here. Thanks, Beth. Um, we are as excited as you, perhaps more so. I hear the murmuring already. The, uh, the amateur carpenters are lining up, ready to go. Um, Quick question, um, timing on the phase two build. So phase one, the wall raising is on the fourth. We'd, we'd all love to see what that looks like. And we can volunteer in phase one, obviously, just down the road. Phase two is the, is the house we're sponsoring. And, and when do you think we'll be jumping into that project next year? So we're currently planning the wall raising for the Cape Cod Church home in June of 2022. Okay. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So you can still go on the Costa Rica mission trip. Come back real quick. Yeah, outstanding, outstanding. Well, Beth, we're going to pray for everybody afterwards, but but uh, this this partnership is so special to us. Uh, I'd love to pray for you uh, uh, now and uh, as a congregation. Would, would you all stand uh, as we pray for our partnership with Habitat for Humanity? Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the, the pure hearts, as Beth described it, of those who work and serve and volunteer uh, for this great organization. We thank you for the inspiration that, um, that told, uh, uh, told the, the founders long ago that uh, building homes, affordable homes, is a way to, as Beth said, incarnate Jesus, to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus uh, to love our neighbors right across the street, literally. We, uh, we ask your blessing on this, this partnership, on this project, on, uh, I love that way she, Beth put it, this Cape Cod Church home uh, that will be built for one of our neighbors. Uh, we haven't even met him yet. We look forward to that. Uh, one of our neighbors right here in Falmouth. Uh, we love you. We, uh, we thank you for inspiring them and inspiring us. And we just ask your blessing on this sponsorship, this project, on the family that will be moving into the Cape Cod Church home. And uh, we look forward to being a part of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am so excited about uh, the chance to work with Habitat and the projects that we're a part of. Um, last year, we introduced you to a new partner just doing fantastic work uh, here on Cape Cod called Cape Kids Meals. And we told you a little bit of the backstory, and so you may remember this, but this will be a bit of a refresher. Um, but Cape Kids Meals started when... Uh, Trish, where is she? It's right there. Would you stand? Would you stand up so we can acknowledge you? She's really the heartbeat. Would you welcome? This is Trisha. So Trisha is Pastor David Johnson's wife. She teaches uh, at Ezra Baker. Is that right? Is that right? Uh, Ezra Baker Elementary, and she's a special needs teacher. And she came home and she had noticed that uh, kids would come in after the weekend some of the kids with the most need, and they were hungry. 
having not received the nutrition through the weekend that they would normally receive from school through breakfast and lunch programs. And so she said something to her husband, and I don't want to steal all of his thunder, but together they and their church, Grace Church out in Dennis, hatched a plan to start providing lunch on weekends to kids in that school. That program has grown and morphed to today. It serves virtually every school on Cape Cod with over 600 kids. I'm always particularly interested in ministries, programs that have sitting behind them someone with a heart and a passion for it. And they've just figured out a way to get it done. Those are the kind of people I just love meeting, hearing their stories, sliding up beside them and saying, how can we support what you are doing? And a couple of years ago, we started that with Cape Kids Meals. And I'd known Pastor Johnson through the Thrive Network, and it gave us a chance to just start discussing. And I got to know Tammy Leon, who's the director of the program now. And uh, they came to us uh, probably a little bit less than a year ago, and we started talking about what were the great needs. And we were talking about, you know, Cape Cod Church has facilities and space, but they really didn't have a central home, a place they could call home where they could receive food in bulk. They could bring teams of volunteers. They could cast the vision, and they could send the food out to place across. They're just doing this through closets and spare rooms across the Cape, which I. I love, but there was a little bit of it. We're like, how can we make sure that we can do this well, we can expand the mission, and we can do it into the future? And so together, we started thinking about having a distribution center. And as they've been working on plans for that and creating a distribution center, we've committed $50,000 in this next year to help them realize their dream of having a distribution center where they can finally receive food in large amounts, or they can bring volunteer teams to pack these meals and then send them off to the schools every weekend. We love the work they are doing, and I've got to tell you, I particularly love that it started with a pastor's wife and a pastor in a church in Dennis, and it's spread so far beyond that, but it started in their heart. So I've asked Pastor Dave Johnson if he would come and share a little bit more of what they're doing and a word of challenge to us. So would you help to welcome Pastor David Johnson? What an honor and a treat it is to be at this church in this pulpit. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm a minister, therefore I've got to bring you to Scripture. I don't know if you know, but Christianity comes with a warning label. It's in the prophetic Scripture of the book of Ezekiel. It says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. That's a warning label that God's going to do some heart surgery on all of us when we come to him. All of us start out with a heart of stone. 
according to this, this was the children of Israel. Now, it was a dark time of their history. But he said, I'm going to change not just the circumstances. I'm going to change your heart. I have had my heart changed periodically. I wish it was an all-at-once thing, but it happens over time. Uh, my history, I worked for a church called Grace Chapel in Lexington for 13 years doing college young adults and singles ministry. I loved my time there. Took a bunch of yuppies on third world mission trips. It was a blast. But it also changed my heart to the point where I then spent four years working at an economic development uh, NGO, Christian one in Central and Eastern Europe. Spent a lot of time on airplanes. And then finally, I heard about this little church. My wife and I heard about this little church that was about to close in East Dennis. They were down to 13 people, and our hearts broke at that idea. And we took that, and that was over 19 years ago. And we've continued to take people around the world. Well, it was a heart, particular heartbreaking year for me, or when God did some heart surgery on me, was 2013. And it was through the tears of others. And that's often how God will shape our hearts, through the tears of others. There was a a Haitian friend, after the earthquake in 2010, we had brought a bunch of teams down there to rebuild churches and a feeding center. And, but he came to me in 2013. I thought we were pretty much finished in what we had done. We'd worked at an orphanage there as well. And he said, there is a refugee village with 40,000 people and there is no school. Those children haven't gone to school in three years. We need to build a school. And there's tears running down his face. And that touched my heart and the heart of our church. And there's now... Grace Evangelical School, 308 kids in a refugee village north of Port-au-Prince. Please understand, our church on a good day is 120 people, but the Lord can do anything with a willing, changed heart. That same year, I had a friend who had actually been in my college Sunday school class and had gone off to Africa to run the Suakoko Leprosy Center. And then because of a civil war, the State Department had to pull him out of there. As a matter of fact, less than a year after he left, there's a hospital associated with that, about two miles apart. The rebels had gone to that hospital and thinking it was a government institution had taken every patient, doctor, and nurse, brought him out front, and machine gunned 191 people. I have been to the mass grave where that happened. And yet, over 15 years later, I'm talking to my friend, and I asked him, have you heard anything about Suakoko? It's all, he said, it's all bad news. The wells are broken. Every, people are starving. I said, let's go. And my church gave us two tickets, and we went out there. We started an organization called Quatika Africa. He has now spent the last year, actually, back on site, digging fish ponds, fixing schools. We've taken on an orphanage. Because the Lord broke our hearts. And so I'm going to try and break your heart just a little bit. Because that same year, my wife comes home from school one day. She works with medically fragile kids. She's just retired, actually, because uh, I was selfish and I want more of her. And, but she came back and she said, you know, our social worker just came for a staff meeting and she said that there's a little girl who just came into school and she's covered head to toe with bug bites because her mattress is infested. And she goes, and there's another family living in an efficiency hotel, and they're about to get booted out because they're $88 behind on their rent. And so I said, i got to go talk to this lady. And she shared with me the real issue 
is that there are kids that that school system, over 60% of the kids today, are at or below the poverty line, so they are on the free breakfast, free lunch program, but they didn't, they were coming home from, uh, or coming back to school from being home over the weekend, and they hadn't eaten much. On Cape Cod in my town, that brought me to tears in my town. And so we talked to her, and we... Now, I need to tell you another story, and this might get to you a bit because it got to me, but when I was in Africa at the leprosy center, there were two elderly ladies, and they had no fingers left, and they had no toes. They had just balls of old socks wrapped around. And so they couldn't hold the cane. But what they did, I had a church service. They asked me to preach at the local school. A little, we had fixed the roof so we could do it. And one would grab the other by the arm, and a biped couldn't do it, but a quadruped could. And they were walking side by side. They had no feet, but they could walk. That's how they got to church. And I do believe that's how we get things done in the kingdom of God. He has built us to work in community and to share. And I am so blessed that you folks are coming alongside of us. Well, there was, I need to mention another man. His name's David Burns. He was a very successful business person. He came to my church. He, he sold his business, retired, and came to me and said, David, I want to do more for Christ than just write big checks. And he has traveled to spaces around the world, and he has done great things. But one of the things that in order for our school to say, yes, we'll let you do this program, this food bags every Friday, he goes, oh, we want a three-year commitment. And I just, how do we do that? We're talking, the first year was 70 kids times 36 weeks. And David said, just go do it. As a matter of fact, it was, I, I have to, David was the one who put the organization together around this. And so I've got to be fair. The Lord used my ears, but I needed someone to come along and grab my shoulder and Trisha's shoulder. Let's fast forward. Others have caught the vision. We now have several chapters doing this. It's called Cape Kid Meals. We, we pack bags. There's about 18 items in a bag, fresh fruit, a piece of fresh fruit, two lunches, two breakfasts, a number of snacks. We've got a nutritionist looking at them and telling us what's, what works. We're actually a little bit higher than what Ben said. We're now doing 720 kids per week is what we just heard. But as I said, I want to, we take in deliveries of like 5,000 pounds of food and they're bringing it into our church basement and to various other places. And what we found is if we can order big orders, we can have an economy of scale and save money. And it's kind of neat to see that happen. But I'm here to tell you that the real blessing is one is knowing that there's not hungry kids on a weekend in my town and in your town where we're doing this. But also, the Lord has said that this is an important part of our worship. And so if you would, let me take you to the book of Isaiah, a very wonderful chapter. In Isaiah chapter 58, 
people are talking to the prophet Isaiah, who is talking to God, and there's kind of this discussion where God and the folks are talking all through the prophet, but the people have asked Isaiah, said, Isaiah, things are not going as well as we'd like. Why? And would you please bring our, our protest, our complaint to God? And so here's kind of this reply between the people and God. I'm going to pick it up at verse 3. What it is is this is their complaint, and to pick it up at verse 3 of chapter 58, they ask, why have we fasted and you've not seen it? We're good folk. Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, the Lord says, you do as you please. You exploit your workers. Your fasting, your fasting ends with quarrels and strife and striking one another. You cannot fast as you do today and expect the voice, your voice to be heard on high. Is this not the kind of fasting or is this the kind of fasting I've chosen, one day for a people to humble themselves? Is it only to bow one's head like a reed or lay in sackcloth and ashes? Is this what you call a fast and something acceptable to God? And they're all going, yeah, isn't it? No. God replies, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? That you loosen the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, you set the oppressed free, and break every yoke. It is, is it not that you share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer shelter, with shelter? When you see the naked, clothe them. Do not turn away from your own flesh and blood. If you do this, verse 8, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call on the Lord and the Lord will answer you will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, the pointing of finger, malicious talk, there's lots of that in our world, yes? If you will do this. I hate when I mess up my notes. If you will do this, if you will spend... This is the line that gets me every time. If you will spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame, and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will, be, will build, rebuild ancient ruins. You will raise up age-old foundations. You will be called the repairers of broken walls, the restorers of streets and dwellings. Though that verse, that last verse we had on our T-shirts when we went to Haiti, but I learned something, that that verse is a little different, that you will be called the repairers of broken walls. Do you know what that's from? I used to think, okay, building falls down, you repair it. It was actually the gardens that they had had were often put on terraced slopes. And so my little field, my little vineyard's here, and then there's this stone wall, and the next guy's terrace slope is there. Well, what happens in a bad rainstorm? His wall starts to come down on me. And it's my job to repair his wall. And then he will repair his neighbor's wall. We're all linked together. And when you have a set of mom or dad or a single parent 
who cannot feed their kids, guess what? Their wall of their world is falling down. We're their neighbors. So we get to rebuild the walls that have broken down for our neighbors, and that's how a community of society works best. I need to leave you with a couple stories. I'll go quickly. The Lord affirmed that we were doing the right thing the very first year we did this. I went into the grocery store, and I'm buying 75 cans of SpaghettiOs. I don't know if you've ever done that, but people look at you strange when you're buying 75 cans of SpaghettiOs. And the lady behind the counter, I don't know, she was around 30, 35 years old. She goes, you really like SpaghettiOs? I said, "Uh, yes. I said, but this is for this little program we're doing. And we had only been doing it about six or eight weeks. And she looks up at me. She goes, that's you? And I said, yeah. I said, she goes, I've got three kids. And I know she's making $8.25 an hour and doing mom's hours. I've got three kids. They each get a bag. I said, how's it working? She goes, it works great. Thank you, Lord. Check one. Another one. Our music director is a gym teacher, and in the school, we give bags to kids there. Well, he said, I came in one morning, and this little girl, she's got a blue tongue. I don't know what her name was. I thought say her, it's Amy. He goes, Amy, why is your tongue blue? He goes, well, last night, our food bag ran out. And so this morning, we only had one piece of toast. So I told mommy I didn't like toast, so she could have it. And I had a packet of Kool-Aid. That was her break. The food bag she was talking about was one of our food. Mom and daughter lived off of our food bag through the weekend. Okay, Lord, I got it. There was another time we had only been doing it three weeks, and there was it was coming up on like Columbus Day break. And I'm there saying, you know, we're gonna come a day early because you've got this break. And as I'm delivering, and there's this little boy. And he goes very quietly, Miss Priscilla, because that was the name of the social worker there that handed out the bags. She goes, could I get my food early, my food bag early? Because i got to leave at noon today. See, my kids, I have three boys, they're all athletes. It's like feeding them is like throwing things into a wood chipper. But um, they would have called it a bag of yummies. For him, it was food. And this, that, wo- that wo- word just echoed. Now, we do this through the schools. We don't put any sort of Bible verses, anything. We just do it. We pray, may the love of Jesus spill out of this. And we entrust it to the Holy Spirit because, you see, I want kids to know that there's a God in heaven who loves them very much. And a hungry kid is going to have a very hard time believing that. So that's, that's our spiritual impact. God did more. And I'll leave you with this last story. One of our elders is a plumber. And he went to a house, this is two years ago, and he goes into this house, and it's a single mom. I didn't know that at the time, but he discovered that. And she goes to him, do you know Jesus? Very direct. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I do. And they got talking about how we met. How She goes, well, I met Jesus just a little while ago. And he goes, how'd you meet him? She goes, my daughter brought home a food bag. And I, I was talking to my neighbor. I said, that, isn't that the greatest thing that the town gives out these food bags to kids? And then my neighbor knew the story. She said, my neighbor knew the story. She goes, that's not from, that's from a church does that. 
And she said, a church? Maybe I should go to church. She didn't come to our church. She didn't know what church did that. She just knew a church. And she went to a church on the basis of that. And at that church, the gospel was preached, and she came to Christ. And now she's witnessing to the plumber. And if you don't think that the Holy Spirit will take, not only change our hearts, but give us some opportunities to do extraordinary things, to him be the glory. We just get to be a part of that. This is our eighth year doing it, and I thank you so much, Ben and company, for being a partner with us. God bless you all. Thank you, 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 Pastor Dave. <laughs> hey, at this time, as promised, we'd like to uh, ask our, uh, all of our uh, representatives from our partner organizations, if you're still in the room, come on up to the stage. Ladies, come on up. Uh, we have, uh, and I'll kind of announce them as they come up. You already know Pastor Dave is, Tammy is, come on up. There we go. Excellent. Uh, Pastor David Johnson from uh, Kip Kids Meals, you know. Come on up, folks. Uh, this is Bob Spadafore on the board of directors of Neighborhood Falmouth, and our very own Jeannie Goulet, who you may or may not know is like the volunteer of the century with Neighborhood Falmouth. I, I just gave you that title, Jeannie. <laughs> Tammy Leone is the uh, executive director. Uh, she does all the work for Pastor Dave. Uh, at Cape Kids Meals. Robin Hayward is from our Baby Center, um, our partner uh, with the uh, Diaper Bank. She's out in the lobby. You've already met Beth Wade from Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Karen Ellery Jones is the Assistant Director of the Samaritans on Cape Cod and the Islands. Did I get that right? Yes, on, not of, of Cape Cod and the Islands. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Ben Feldot. Uh, pastor Ben. Would you guys come forward for us? Church, would you stand with us? In a moment, we're going to sing a song, but what we've done is in the lobby, uh, all, all of our partners have come today, and uh, we wanted to pray for them, but we also wanted you to meet each of their organizations because we're inviting you to serve with them. We believe they are literally doing God's work, um, and we get to be partners in that. Um, I was just backstage and reading in Matthew 25 where... Uh, where it says that in that final day of judgment, God is going to recognize what we've done in service to the least of these, uh, to those who often simply don't have. And we get to be partners in this. And we want to pray for our partners who are leading those efforts here on Cape Cod. So would you pray with me? Father, we pray for this group of leaders and the work they do. Father, we pray that you would provide every resource that they need. Father, we don't know the hurdles that they face, the tensions that a pandemic has brought on them, the increased needs, the challenges that are of this moment, but we know that you know and you care, Father, and we want them to know that there's a church in their community that is lifting them up, not just in prayer, but in resources there to serve alongside them. 
But we pray that you would provide them with everything they need. You'd provide these leaders with wisdom to make good decisions, Father, and you'd give them the resources and the strength to go out time and time again and to serve those who are the most vulnerable in our community. And Father, don't don't ever let our heart as a church become dull to this. And Father, don't don't allow us to only become concerned about what's happening on the other side of the globe and ignore what's happening in our backyard, Father. We want to be passionate for across the street and around the world, Father. We want to care for people's physical needs and their spiritual needs, Father. And we want to be a part of doing what you love to do, helping people discover a full life with you. So, Father, we ask your blessing on these organizations, the needs that we don't even know exist, Father, the the challenge that lays around the corner, Father. We pray that you would provide for them. And, Father, we pray that you would use us in tangible, real-world ways to meet those needs. Raise up volunteers. Provide resources that will make a difference in people's lives. And we thank you, Father. We thank you that as a church, we get to be a part of something so worthwhile. Father, let our heart beats for what your heart beats for. Help us not to miss this moment and the people that you love. We pray this together as a church as a community. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this message from our Signs of Life series. If this is your first time listening, we would love to meet you in person. We have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. in East Falmouth, Massachusetts, or if you're not local, you can join us for our live stream services on YouTube at the same time. If you enjoyed the Cape Cod Church podcast, we hope you'll consider leaving us a review too so that other people can discover us as well. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Cape Cod Church. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.